All right, here we go. It's another weekly live room here on Locked On Bearcats. My name's Alex Frank, your host each and every day of Locked On Bearcats. We're, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, <clears throat> excuse me, every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Russ Heltman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, is going to join me here in just a matter of minutes. Really excited to talk to Russ today. Um, good to be back in the live room this week. It's been a a crazy week. It's been a hectic week. I just started my new job at ABC6 as a news producer up here in Columbus. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, Russ has been cranking stuff out at all Bearcats for spring practice, the conference tournament starting tomorrow for the Bearcats. The American Conference Tournament is underway right now, actually, as are several conference tournaments. I've got the uh, Big East Tournament game between St. John's and Marquette on right now, which St. John's leads by one point with less than two minutes to go, so we might have an upset brewing here uh, as we start the tournament. Uh, I'm going to fix the lighting here in just a matter of uh, minutes, just waiting for Russ to join. So we are I'll, – I'll, I'll adjust the lighting once Russ uh, comes on. But a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to talk about – uh, the Bearcats in the conference tournament tomorrow against Temple in the quarterfinals, AAC quarterfinals. Should be a really exciting game. Um, looking forward to talking to Russ also about spring practice starting on Monday or started this past Monday. The Bearcats and Scott Satterfield, year one. Uh, spring practice number three is in just under an hour. Russ is going to be on his way to that. And we have uh, this is a, this is a fun time of year because you've got the start. Sorry, I'm doing a million things at once here. Uh, this is what you get when you come home from work at 1:30. You got up at four, and you know you've already done a lot today. So uh, hope you uh, are taking this time. Whether you're on your lunch break, whether you just got off work, whether you just got off school, you know, hey, that's what we're here for. As the Bearcats are in Fort Worth. To battle Temple tomorrow and then likely Houston on Saturday in the AAC semifinals. So plenty to get to. Uh, still 56-55 between St. John's and Marquette. Big 12 right now. Iowa State and Baylor. That game over on ESPN. The 5-4 matchup of the Big 12. The Baylor number um 10, number 10, I think they're number seven, actually, number seven in the country. So plenty of action. I believe they are number 10, actually. Yeah, number 10, excuse me. Number seven is, for the record, Texas. That's right, Texas is number seven. They play tonight against Oklahoma State. That should be a really exciting game. Uh, Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma last night in the uh, – First round of the Big 12 tournament. But the Bearcats will be in that next year. Right now, it's all about the AAC tournament tomorrow as the Bearcats look to advance for the what would actually be. Uh, they have won a conference tournament game in five consecutive conference tournaments. So they're no stranger to advancing. What they do need to start doing is getting over that hump. They've struggled to break through at times this season. Most times they played 
elite competition, they have struggled. So looking forward to seeing if they can do that, if they win tomorrow and face number one Houston on Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock Eastern time, 2 o'clock Central time. If you're going to the tournament, I know uh, a lot of media members who covered the Bearcats, of course, Dan, Terry, and Mo, they're all there. Neil Meyer, who you heard on Monday's show from the front office news is there. Justin Williams from The Athletic is going to be there. Scott Springer from The Enquirer is going to be there. So plenty to get to on this weekend. Recaps after the game. I think I'm going on with um, somebody from Locked On. I, I got to get caught up on all of that. <laughs> I mean, this week, you want to talk about starting a new job and moving. Oh, boy, that... That really takes up a lot of your time. But I'm here with you. Russ is going to join me shortly. And, in fact, speaking of the man, the myth, the legend, uh, someone who I feel like I haven't seen a lot lately, but Russ Hunt, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, is here. And, uh, Russ, it, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's, it's great to see you. Uh, good for the fans to see you. And uh, you look like you're – and, Russ, I'm going to be honest, the, uh, the, the 5 o'clock – Start time for the workday is uh, not bad, so uh, I'm right there with you now. Yeah, good to get rolling, get a lot of stuff hammered out throughout a 24-hour span. Grind, 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 content, content, content. Let's get after it, baby. Spring football unfolds. Yes, spring football is unfolding. We'll get to that right here, as well as the conference tournament on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, you see what both of us just did there during that break is I went to turn a light on and open some wind and open some blinds. Russ got up to do, I don't know what, I don't know what you did. I, I think I actually. The key the is, Alex, worse. you don't point out when we do stuff in the middle of intros. That's the key. Because people would have never known. <laughs> they won't. They Well, they'll, they'll know for me, but they won't know for you. We'll keep it there. Um, today's live room of Locked On Bearcats, if I can get to my title sponsor. See, this is what moving This is what moving and starting a new job does to you. You got to you're, – you're, you're all over the place, and now I just clicked the wrong tab. Uh, anyway, today's episode, today's live room of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you – I do know this – is brought to you – by FanDuel Sportsbook. Russ, you're a big sports better, right? Official, the official oh, yeah. sportsbook of Locked On. Like every moment more, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As I mentioned, he's Russ Helfman. I'm Alex Frank. Together, we are part of All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, and we're right here with you today here on Locked On Bearcats. I think I made the lighting worse. I might have to readjust it again. So, um, Russ, my first question to you, and I asked this to Neil excuse me, on Monday. Was Sunday's performance indicative of a team that can win the conference tournament? Um, maybe. I don't know. I didn't think I didn't take anything away from Sunday that taught me anything new or anything groundbreaking about this team. They beat a really? bad SMU team pretty pretty soundly. I don't have much else to add to it. Okay, th- 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 that's fair. There there is something to that. But SMU is terrible. They're they really, very bad. They are, and, and they should lose today to Wichita State. I believe they play them in the – I could be wrong. Uh, well, that later. But y- you bring up a great point there, Russ. The Bearcats just did what they had to do. But I feel like they went 3-1 and one their last four games, three good wins. They did what they were supposed to do against SMU. They beat a 
UCF team that at the time could have been viewed as were, was viewed as a quad one win, and then they beat a really good Temple team they'll face tomorrow. So, Russ, the the, the last four games show you anything that this team. If they can just get over that hump, they can finally break through if they have to play, let's say, number one Houston and then Tulane or Memphis in a championship game. If Victor Locken, Landers Nolly, and David DeJulius combine to average over 50 points in this AAC tournament run, then hell yeah, they can make and win the entire thing. But I just, I, if they don't get a stellar, stellar performance out of that trio across three games, there's no chance that they win the AAC tournament. It's just, it just, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and lie to the people uh, based off of what we've seen from this roster over a 31 game sample size. Here, it's that they can get close enough to the top, but their top end talent isn't quite consistent enough or congruent enough to make those moments magic, magical, I should say, on a consistent basis in the last five minutes of games. You have to have great performances from that trio across the board in this upcoming tournament, and you got to get really efficient performances out of all three of them, or else I don't think they're going to be able to come out, come away as uh, as 13-1 to champions of the AAC tournament. The third best odds in the conference, and there's this precipitous fall-off after the Bearcats, but it's like minus yeah. 330 for Houston, plus 500 for Memphis, and then 13-1 to for Cincinnati. Obviously, very much a tiered tournament going hold into on. Uh, well, going well, into the fir- full day of events tomorrow. Well, hold on. So you're saying they have they have better odds than Tulane to win the conference tournament? Is that, is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Way, wow. Yeah, definitely better odds. Interesting. And, and Tulane, I mean, that could be yeah, an interesting matchup for Cincinnati. Yeah, but so Tulane's, I, Tulane's not a serious team. Let's be honest. No, UC's a better I, team yeah, overall yeah. than Tulane. They would have beat Tulane if, if Vic didn't go down injured. You, you are right. They could have beaten Tulane if Rob Finnessy doesn't get hurt in that game. So right. you're right about that. And maybe if ESPN had better broadcast feed during that game, which we documented well. So, Russ, tomorrow the Bearcats are playing Temple. Um, can we expect a game similar to what we saw two weeks ago? With a lot of fouls, kind of high scoring. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. We know that Khalif Battle won't be in action. Dude has not played since February 16th. He is, I would be shocked if he is not entering the transfer portal as soon as the Temple Owls uh, season ends um, over the next few days. So they're down their best player overall. Damian Dunn's going to have to be the hero once again, like he was nearly in the 88-83 win, um, yeah. where he put up, I think, 34 points, Alex. I'm pretty sure that was the highest individual point total of any player all season against the Bearcats. So gave yeah. him a lot of issues, shot 50% from two, 36% from three, um, went nine of 21 from the field. So not super efficient in that respect, but just efficient enough to keep the Bearcats defense honest and get to the foul line for 12 of 14 appearances. So I think it's really going to come down to how well you contain Damian Dunn, how well you, how much you let him dictate the pace of the game and how much you let him get to the free throw line. If they don't let that happen, then we're looking at round three against Houston on uh, on Saturday afternoon, right? I think that's a 3 p.m. tip against Houston. It would be, be a 3 p.m. tip if the Bearcats do win tomorrow. Uh, we'll, the chat's firing, so we'll take your questions. We'll take your comments. We'll take your um, questions once we finish here. We're on until 2.30. By the way, um, Marquette clinging to a two-point lead against St. John's in the quarterfinals of the Big East tournament. So let me ask you this. As far as... Uh, let's go to Landers Nolly first team all conference, David and Julia third team all conference. Russ, what did you see there? Makes checks out to me. 
I thought maybe a little bit of a snub was Victor Locken. Not really. I don't know what the voting breakdown looked look like, but Jawan Roberts, uh, Richard Jr., I believe, out of Houston, wins most improved player. I thought Vic had a strong case for that this season. Maybe, maybe if he doesn't get hurt and the back final six games there or so where you miss three and then the past three, miss a couple, you miss, and then the past three games, he just hasn't really been his same um, normal self, especially defensively. So I think that probably hurt him down the stretch there. But other than that, it's, it checks out to me. It's a, the Bearcats had two all AAC caliber talents, and I would say Landers Nolly deserved first team, and David DeJulius probably deserved at least second team, but good to see him get on the list nonetheless. Is the season a success regardless of what happens in the conference tournament? I would say it's a meh. It's just a meh. meh. Unless they okay. win the NIT, then it's a success. But you lose tomorrow, meh. You beat Temple, lose to Houston, close. It's a little bit more of a palatable meh. But it's just the season The season was decided, success or not, three or four weeks ago when they, they totally lost. When they lost all the games to Memphis and lost all the games to Houston, and then you dropped that road contest to Tulane, the season was decided in those contests in terms of success or failure. And that bar is making the NCAA tournament, which funny enough, Alex, the Bearcats slotted as a four seed right now in the NIT. Currently they would host probably one of, it would be cool to see them host Dayton Dayton projected as a five seed right now. Mm -hmm. And Landers Nolly has had a lot of experience in this tournament. Won it with Memphis in 2021 was the most outstanding player. And the last time, the Bearcats played in the NIT 2009-2010. They rattled off nine straight NCAA tournament appearances following that NIT uh, appearance. So that's probably what we're looking at in terms of rekindling history here on the most likely scenario to happen for the Bearcats, which would be going to the NIT. And I'm sure Bearcats fans are keeping their fingers crossed that that ensuing nine years of the rest of this decade and in the 2030s looks a lot like the nine years in the 2010s for uh, for Mick Cronin, maybe with a little more NCAA tournament success. But hey, if you're making the dance, it's hard to complain, especially doing it in the Big 12. No question about that. And uh, and that, that would mean the Bearcats would host an NIT game. So uh, I could find my way down to Cincinnati and cover that game alongside you. So looking forward to the potential that brings. Uh, we'll get to spring practice. Russ, your biggest takeaways from the first two. It was a beautiful day for spring practice on Monday. It was a beautiful day for spring practice. Yesterday. So we are on the overlay here. FanDuel Sportsbook, as I mentioned earlier, the official sportsbook of Locked On. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get no sweat first, but up to $1,000. That's more than sweats back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain plus. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss that chance to get your no sweat first, but up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel, excuse me, .com. Slash lockdown to learn more, make every moment more of a fan duel. Excuse me, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know 
about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. By the way, St. John's and Marquette heading to overtime in the Big East quarter finals. So, uh, could see an upset there. Russ Heldman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, Alex Frank here with you in a, a live room that we set up yesterday. So, uh, we're rolling here. Russ is getting to practice here in about 15 minutes. That's all the time we've got for you. Podcast form of this will be up by tomorrow before the Bearcats Temple do battle in the AAC quarterfinals. Russ, I'll ask you straight up your biggest takeaway from the first two spring practices. The competition and energy level has been very high. Energy speaks kind of jumps out the most to me. I'm loving what I'm seeing from this new coaching staff. I'm liking some of the different drills they're implementing. I'm loving the intensity we're seeing. I I'm I'm loving I'm I'm honestly first impressions have been very good so far. Now that's good. The talent level is not, I would say, up to speed and up to where the staff wants it to be. There will be some additions in the spring portal. But overall, in terms of what I think the program can ultimately control right now, in terms of hires, in terms of energy, in terms of confidence, in terms of player morale. It's pretty high right now, and that was evident in Deshaun Pace's comments about how this staff is, quote, for the players. Same quote given yesterday when I interviewed Gavin Gerhardt after practice, returning in Trent Center last year. Now happy to be battling for a position just like every other player on this roster. He said the staff is doing a really great job, brings a lot of energy, and is for the players. So it's uh, very interesting how the for the players mantra has been echoed so heavily throughout uh, all these interviews we've had with players from the, for the media so far. And that player's mantra, for those who have not heard, is? Sorry, you just, and, and that player's mantra, for those who don't know it, uh, do you mind telling us what that is? What I just said. I just said it. It's it's like play, for the players. I don't, oh, we don't really – we, okay. we, we tried to get to Sean Pace to kind of give more insight into what that meant, and he basically just – Justin Williams asked him a follow-up, and he basically said the exact same thing. So we don't know exactly what – Detail-wise, they're doing that the other staff wasn't yeah. doing, but it seems like they're taking more into account. It seems like we're going to see player input get taken into account more when we get to the games. If you read Justin Williams' great, great feature on Scott Satterfield that he put together for The Athletic this week, right. one of the stories he dives into is um, a quarterback, I think it was one of the Appalachian State quarterbacks, who was like a not even an entrenched like stable player in terms of veteran experience he comes over to Satterfield in a key moment late in the game says hey I want to draw this up we should go to this look use this play Satterfield they hadn't even run the play or practice it at at length they Satterfield trusts his quarterback drew it up went with it and they scored um, a touchdown I'm kind of paraphrasing what that story was you can find it in Justin's athletic story but it's an example right there of Scott Satterfield his staff being flexible being willing to hear new ideas. And so far, it's been pretty much lollipops and roses for the most part in the first few days of spring practice. That's probably how it is for the most part everywhere across the country. But from what I'm seeing and and over the first four hours of these sessions, it's been a good sign sign, uh, in the opening week. Lollipops and roses. You got to love that. Um, (laughs) Let me ask you this. Russ, are there, are there any glaring differences between a Satterfield practice and a Luke Fickle practice? It's a little bit tighter. I think the guys are running a little bit more. There's a little bit more urgency to get to get to get to your stations. Things are a little bit just kind of compact, more condensed. And 
it just seems like a tight ship is being run. Not that Luke Fickle didn't run a tight ship over the last couple of years, stuff like that, but just a tighter, not a tighter ship, but a tight ship is being run in these practices. And that's what stands out to me the most. The, the kind of bang, bang, bang nature of them has been, uh, has been cool to see. And it's kept that okay. energy level high. Wow. All right. A little tighter. And that echoes the sentiment that Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU uh, mentioned to me with Brian Kelly. I had her on last week to talk about how they had success in their first year with the new head coach. And she said the practices were a little more structured down there at LSU than they were under Ed Orgeron. So the same thing sounds like it's being applied here at Cincinnati. We'll continue our conversation about spring practice and the conference tournament. Plus, I got a question for you if you know, Russ, about Michelle Clark Heard because I, that firing still bothers me a little bit. I'm going to ask you about that. I'm going to tell you all that, or we'll get into all of that after we tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. So here we go with Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, and you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you're wanting healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just a thing for you. you got to try Built with Built Healthy. It's actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Bill bars at Bill.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. And to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab a, yourself a box of Bill Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, so Bearcats spring practice number three is today. Is there any transfer or freshman that is standing out, Russ, uh, through the first two? Brady Drogas looks the part, people. He looks Ooh, the I... part. Now, there's been some kind of freshman mistakes here or there in the opening couple of days of practice, but it's just, it's it's night and day. The velocity, the throwing motion between him and Evan Prater. I, it's early, and there's still a lot of practice to go. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm going to try to look at the defense a little bit more than I've been able to over the first couple of days. been kind of focusing more on the O-line and the, uh, and the receivers and the quarterbacks just because there's so much turnover there. But, I mean, Evan Prater, the throwing motion is just not there. It's just not there. I haven't seen it. The velocity's not there. The accuracy's not there. The spin rate's not there. I, 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 don't, I don't see any improvement. I haven't seen any improvement so far from what we saw from him in those two poor performances um, in, the, in this, this past year. So, I think Brady Jogos has a great chance to be the backup quarterback. I think Brady Lichtenberg has a better chance in my eyes so far. He's performed better than Evan Prater has so oh. far. Ambry Jones, I don't see any reason why he won't be the entrenched starter. And Brady Drogos looks the part of the future Bearcats quarterback that probably needs to stack a little bit of weight on that frame. But man, that frame looks like it belongs in that field. The throwing motion, the speed, the accuracy has been good so far from Brady. I've liked what I've seen out of the freshman there. And Emory Jones, I think, could really reconcile his college career if the wide receiver talent is up to par. Now, the t- Donovan Ollie has stood out so far. My guy Sterling Burkhalter has made a couple catches so far. Chris Scott has stood out a little bit. Leslie Ando has made a few plays out mm-hmm. there um, that I've been interested in. But I think 
this room needs one more guy. And one other note on the wide receiver room, I tweeted this out yesterday, something I hadn't really seen. It's just, you don't really see it in college football. You may see it. I don't know. I, I, this is, I'm very early into my career here, but Keyshawn Helton ruled out for the entire spring practice, but spring practice window, unlikely. It's unlikely he plays much this season. Hopefully we can get him back healthy from, I believe it's a hip injury um, and get him on that field soon because the guy just seems like a great teammate, a great energy out there on the field. He's just kind of working in the pseudo coaching role, doing whatever the staff needs, hyping his teammates up, being a really great influence on the field. His intangibles were noted ad nauseum at FSU and those intangibles are showing out and showing through early in spring practice. So the wide receiver room, I think, probably needs a little bit of a boost. But overall, the top three guys in my eyes so far have been Donovan Ollie, Chris Scott, and then probably a mix of Sterling Burkhalter and, uh, and and Leslie Ando. And then D. Wiggins still working back a little bit from that toe injury okay. and splashed a little bit, especially on day one. But I think we'll probably see more in more heavy, heavy snaps and heavy plays from him later on in spring practice. Ben Bryant front, kind of a TBD for me, been wearing the yellow jersey. Don't really don't really think I can take away much from Ben in this first week. We'll see what things look like coming off a of spring break next week or after next week and then make more of an evaluation there. But and, and, and the quarterback front, the the top thing for me has been seeing just looking the part from Brady Drogosh and then Evan Prater. You want him to be able to find it. You want him to live up to that four-star expectation, that four-star caliber type of hype. But I just it, it, the throws have to be made, and I haven't seen him make the throws so far in any capacity. Wow. How about that about Brady Drogosh and Evan Prater? Sounds like he has not really come any farther along than he was in this situation last year. Uh, we got about four minutes, five minutes for us before you got to head down to spring practice. Let's get to the chat. We got some good stuff, it looks like, today. Uh, P. Crawley, 513. Percentage chance JD goes off in the tournament. JD, of course, Jeremiah Davenport. Um, it'd be great to see him. You know, we, we don't know if he's going to be back next year. This might be the last time we see him. And if Bearcats, um, if you, uh, if you, it, excuse me, I'm all over the place here. We may see him in a Bearcats uniform for the last time. I, I mean, hey, we've seen guards in the history of college basketball get red hot this time of year. Russ, what do you think? That's a, that's a factor that I probably should have looped in. And, and it's a good job by P. Crowley there bringing that up. If they can get him to shoot like he's been shooting, 46% from three over the past six games, 65% effective field goal rate, uh, averaging 5.2 boards per game in that stretch and only 1.3 personal fouls and 0.7 turnovers. One steal as well. He's averaging over an assist. Like JD's been playing solid basketball outside of the win against UCF. He's been very, very good as an offensive player. So I'd say 50 50. And if you get a great JD stretch from, um, from Jeremiah Davenport, you get a great stretch from him shooting wise, then it gives you that much more of a chance to pull off some upsets. So that's a good job by Precarl bringing that up. And JD, I think, should. Definitely be a factor and have a lot of motivation, I would think. Alex, if if he goes out and is plays like the MVP of this team over a three-game stretch, is the sixth man of the AAC tournament, then that should really entrench him even further 
onto this roster next year. I think he will be back. I would expect him. I would expect this staff to try to retain all these guys. Now, maybe he doesn't want to return after the conversation after the season. We'll see how that all shakes out. But this is a pivotal, hopeful three-game stretch if you're a Bearcats fan for Jeremiah Davenport and the rest of his college basketball career. And to be Crawley, I'll, I'll work on enabling the alerts for the next live room. Tucker the Rat Wittenberg says that Julius should have been second team over Shed. Um, that's debatable. And then Pete Crawley 513, who is Leslie and Doe Russ that you alluded to? Uh, the, the, I think he's a freshman, redshirt freshman wide receiver. I, I'm pull up his profile right now. But, yeah, he is not a guy that has been a staple, staple part of uh, part of the, the receiving core over the past five years or so. He's a walk-on last year in 2021, redshirt freshman, and uh, or walk-on walk on in 2021, redshirted, and then is now going into his redshirt freshman year. Six foot, 188 pounds. He's, he stood out to me a little bit in these drills. I'm, I'm definitely taking notice of him. All right. Well, as we close today, uh, ECU currently leading USF 70 to 53 in the second half, 229 to go in the first round of the AAC tournament. So it looks like it's going to be ECU and Houston tomorrow prior to Cincinnati and Temple. SMU and UCF later tonight, later today at 2.30, and then Tulsa, Wichita State at 7, round out the conference tournament opening day. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats and the Lockdown Bearcats live from your first listen every day. How about for your second listen, you check out our brand-new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Lockdown College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Russ, I know you got to run. Uh, thanks as always for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll talk next week, all right? No doubt. It'll be fun, Alex. Looking forward to it next week. And everybody stay tuned for interview with Mason Fletcher on All Bearcats after spring Mason practice. Mason Fletcher. The Thunder from The All-American Mason Fletcher. Yes, you can't forget about that. Russ Heldman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. As always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks as always. For making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore, and email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow right here. Or actually, on Monday, following the conference tournament. See, I'm clearly focused on moving in and whatnot right here on Lockdown Bearcats.